Yo. Hey, man. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's good. Good, man. Good to meet you. Likewise, likewise. You doing you doing God's work out here, man. You out here beating the pavement <laughs> for R and Bers. <laughs> just trying, man. We love R and B, so we're just trying to help everyone share their story, man. We love to hear the history. You yeah. know, we know you've got a lot to share, so we're excited to talk to you tonight. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And and so first, I'll, I want to say, you know, let's let's talk mm-hmm. about you know the work you've been doing with John John from Silk. You know, uh, he he's been raving about the work you've done with him. Obviously, you know, you've done a lot with Silk over the years. And, um, you know, we're going to touch on your work with that in a little bit. But first of all, talk about the work you've been doing with John John. Well, um, you know, um, about, I say about three years ago, um, John and I had both relocated to California. Um, and while we was there, you know, we, we, we said, man, hey, we should, we should start doing this solo project. So he came over one day and we, we literally, we knocked out one song and it, it, it gave both of us, you know, a vision that this can be done, like this should be done. And, uh, but the song that we did was so, so, it was so different from anything that he's ever done with the group. And just even as, just as an artist, you know, right. cause it was more upbeat. It was, uh, it was definitely more club driven, um, but it was but it was dope, you know. So um, so fast forward, here we are now uh, in quarantine, <laughs> and we're both in Georgia. We're both in Atlanta, nice. and um, you know I've been press I've been pressing pressuring him hard hardcore because I have this vision of uh, presenting this thing called uh, Panama Gold, which is uh, sort of like a low key movement. Um, you know, that I, I kind of wanted to like put everything up under and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to just like present John John through Panama Gold um, as a uh, as a means to let people know like, yo, this cat is really dope. I really love his voice and I, I feel that you guys should hear what he has to offer, not only as Silk, but also as a soloist, you know, so that's right. that's pretty much what gave us the uh, the spark of energy. So we went in the studio, we busted out a few jams and oh uh, man, it's it's sounding mm-hmm. spectacular. It, it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be a good, solid EP filled with songs of love. Uh it's definitely what what we need right now. I, I call it uh new nineties R and B. You know, nice. so nice. So, you know, <laughs> that's that that's the best way for me to describe it, because it's it's a little it's a little hint on what was in the past, what was done in the past, but it definitely embodies uh, a lot of the programming techniques, uh, the technology, like, you know, Pro Tools and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of digital software that, that's used since and drum pads, the programming, everything is done a little differently now than it was then. Right. And uh, we've always been, you know, um, a little ahead of our time uh, as far as like the way we were recording and the techniques we were using even back then and so i just wanted to continue that you know that that movement by keeping the sound moving forward it may take people some a little bit of time to probably understand some of what we're doing mm-hmm. but uh if they've been following us all along that they, they understand that you know what we try to do is good solid r&b music with a dash of something that feels futuristic 
something that nice. takes us into another another place. That sounds awesome, man. I'm really excited to hear what you guys are cooking up. You know, we're definitely looking forward to supporting that as well. Should yeah. be awesome. I love hearing the, you know, progressive R&B, so it should be dope. You know, I want to take things back a bit and, and touch on your history. You know, I see all the plaques behind you, and we'll touch on some of, you know, your biggest hits during this interview. But take us back to your first placement um, as a producer and, and, you know, tell us the story of how you got your first placement. Uh my first pick placement, God. <laughs> I think, you know, realistically, my first placements weren't even R&B or hip hop. My first placement was was uh, house music. Wow. You know I mean? Which <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even, I was still in in, high, in junior high school. I had no business no. even going to wow. the studio with the with my elders <laughs> at the time. That's amazing. I was doing it, but um, I used to, you know, sneak into the studio and make music and the guys I was uh, playing um, playing a lot of my um, chords and stuff for on their tracks, they were taking the tracks and they were be they were being pumped in uh, big clubs like the Garage in New York City. So, you know, um, I wasn't getting paid much for it, but it was it was a hell of an experience. That's awesome. Um, but House fast music. forward from that, I would say uh, my first solid placement was with Vanilla Ice, and then then moving forward, it was just you know everything else that I started doing with track masters and uh, with Billy Lawrence. Right. Oh man. Um, let's talk about your production process. So what is your process for putting together production? You know, when you're in the studio crafting that stuff. Uh, I like to start uh, in a few places. I, I really don't have one set way cause I kind of use a lot of different things, but, uh, and it depends if I'm doing it by myself or if I'm co-producing it with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm writing it with someone or if I'm writing it by myself. But gen generally, um, I like to start on my piano. I, I just like to play on my baby grand piano, which is where I created most of the songs that I did uh, in the 90s. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it's the baby grand piano that's in the back here. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I literally did almost every hit record on that piano, and I placed them in a really organic way because i would call the a and r's and the group the artists and i would literally just play the chords over the phone wow the phone <laughs> on me on my ear like this and i'm playing and i'm kind of giving them the hook because i was uh I, I mostly wrote all of the hooks for the choruses for for most of the songs that we were doing back then like my body i wrote the chorus for that and i came up with how you know the flow and then you know, the other writers that I wrote with Link and Antoinette, they would come in with me and uh, and help me, you know, finalize and fine tune the verses and stuff. But I pretty right. much had an idea how I wanted things to go where I wanted it to, you know, how I wanted to sound sonically and everything. Got you. I want to touch on some of your biggest hits and some of our favorite artists you work with and songs. I mean, you you, you mentioned My Body for Levert, Sweat and Gill. Mm -hmm. Epic song, obviously huge hit. What do you remember about creating that song with the group? Oh man. First first and foremost, you know, just uh being in the studio with three icons was just uh was just it's a lot of respect just being able to be in the studio with them and not just be in the studio with them, but they were comfortable to allow this young kid mm. to produce them and to direct their their path because everything we did in that song was brand new for them, you know. Um, before that, you know, you got to think 
Keith Sweat, his his vibe is more, you know, ah oh, baby, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, no. you know what I mean. His 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 cadence is different. Johnny yeah. Gill is, you know, boot on your run, you know, it's 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 it's, it's more vocal acrobats and Gerald yeah. is such a soul singer, and baby, run. you know. So for me to come in, I gave them like some youthful like flavor, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, hey, I want you guys to be on some in the middle of the night to win my body's feet. You know what I mean? And that that just that melody in itself, it wasn't easy for Gerald to to record it at first. He was like, man, I'm gonna be out of breath on stage. But, <laughs> man, but once he once he once he nailed it, which you know that's just him, he's he's the best, man. Once he nailed it and the rest of the guys nailed it, it was easy from there. You know what I mean? Um right. That style became, you know, a, a, an easy thing for him to adapt to, and it became what we did also on his solo projects after um, the LSG's phase had faded out. I remember you, you worked with Gerald Levert as well, like you mentioned. What was it like working with him? Oh man, he's he's a pro. He's a pro. He's a, he's a genius, and he's a hell of a, a hell of performer. Man, he brings yeah. everything that you do in the studio to the stage and brings it to life. And he allows your music to live really, really long once he mm. puts it on that stage. It's amazing. What was it like for you as a young producer, you know, working with Gerald Levert, working with Levert, Sweat and Gill, you know, three legends, and then guiding them on how to create a song? Was it an intimidating thing for you to, to do that, you know, being so young and new in the game kind of? Um, honestly, it just felt natural. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, it's it's just sort of been a, a, a blessing um, to be able to work with so many of the um, R&B uh, guys that I work with because I feel like I was so blessed to be like one of the architects of male R&B singers because I was able to work with Silk, 112, Next, LSG, KC and JoJo and so many others. But just when when I was working with them, with all of these artists, they all of them with all of their legacies and everything that they had done before we stepped in the studio with each other, they've always seemed to just let me do what I do best with no problems. I've never had any major hassles. My main hassles were with new artists. It was never with mm, artists who really? understood. <laughs> yeah, wow. to be honest, is you know the um same thing um when I was working with Janet Jackson, you know it was just it was easy. I, I it was no difficulty at all. <laughs> wow. That's pretty that's pretty interesting to hear. Um, shout out to John John. I see he just joined the joined the um live. What's up, know. John? <laughs> um my my guy Kyle mentioned your work on uh Crazy for Casey and Jojo. You know, I remember that song growing up, you uh -huh. know, from the Save the Last Dance movie. I uh, love that song. What do you remember about making that one? Oh man. Uh, first and foremost, um how that even happened was uh, I had pretty much written most of the song. Uh, I was pretty much like 75% completed on the, the writing portion of the song. And I had, uh, I was just, you know, again, I started at, at, on my piano at um, Los de Maestro. I don't know if you know Los de Maestro, Carlos yes. McKinney. I was at his house and I wrote it on his piano. He had an upright piano and I played it to him and it, you know, and he was like, man, that's a, that's a hell of a hit record, man. You yeah. <laughs> and I originally wrote it 
with Tony Braxton in mind. Um, mm. So I, I went to uh, I went to uh, Clive Davis's office and I played it for him live, and he was like, "I don't know, delight. It says crazy too much in the chorus." And mm. most of the times, I take his uh, his advice, but I just had a gut feeling that the song was solid, and so um, I just saved it. And we were in, I was at Michael Jackson's recording studio recording Casey and JoJo with a, a duet with uh, um, uh, Aretha Franklin. Aretha mm -hmm. Franklin. And uh, while we were recording, we took a little break and I was in a, in a vocal booth where the piano room was, a piano was set up. And I was just in there playing and just singing. And uh, Casey came in and said, we need that song, man. Uh, I think JoJo <laughs> would sound incredible on that. And literally two weeks later, I flew back out and we were recording that song. And, you know, the song is a classic. We've sold over three million copies of it. it it's it's a beautiful song. And uh, I'm very thankful to be a part of, of that process. Wow. So Clive Davis is wrong sometimes. but <laughs> We all are. We all are. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, hey, listen. Uh, 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 Alicia Keys used to come to all of our sessions. You know what I mean? And wow. she used to sit in on all of our sessions. I got tons of footage of Alicia Keys sitting in on our recording sessions. And, um, you know, I didn't know that she was going to blow up the way she did. I knew when I heard that song, uh, Fallen, I knew yeah. that that was the song. If there, If that song couldn't do it, I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. she's probably not going to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I just, there's a lot of people I just didn't know, you know what I mean? Because, you know, she's a different kind of artist, you know what I mean? Um, she's not like a Kelly Price type of singer, but she has her own thing. And, you know, I'm used to producing vocalists who are really like crazy vocalists, like can do acrobats, acrobatic type of things. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Alicia knew what she wanted. One thing I will always say from, from being with her in the studio, she always knew what she wanted. She knew how she wanted it. And she she proved me wrong and many people wrong, you know, and I'm very proud of what she's accomplished. She's, right. she's written many songs that are some of my favorites. Amazing, amazing stuff. Talk about the, you mentioned Janet Jackson earlier, you know, the hit uh -huh. you had with her and Busta Rhymes. How did you get that song? How'd that come together? Um, um, I was actually in a recording studio in uh, Lower uh, East Side of Manhattan, where um, a lot of the hip hop artists used to produce. Matter of fact, Mob Deep would be in the same building, um, and Busta Rhymes would be recording. And I was working with uh, with Keith Crouch, you know, Brandy's producer. Yes. Um, yes. And um, me and Keith were. Um, I was just writing lyrics for music that Keith had, and. Um, Matter of fact, me, um, myself, my, myself, Link, and Keith were just all just vibing, and and me and Link were writing lyrics for tracks that he had. And Keith was like, "Man, I can't believe that you guys would just write lyrics, but you would write lyrics on my beats, delight." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not? I'm a writer too. Yeah, <laughs> it is part of my 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 financial flow." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um. So while we were in the session, Buster st stepped in because originally Keith Crouch was doing all of the demos for songs for them to submit to Janet. 
And they were like on their third round, third or fourth round of songs, the beats that they were sending to Janet. And um, while we were there, you know, um, Keith Crouch really set it up for me. He said, um, maybe you should give it a try, Delight. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. still thankful to this day for him, you know, uh, giving me the blessing to let me try. So um, I told Buster, I think I have something that'll work. And um, I went into the studio maybe like a week later. And uh, I did a little rough demo with uh, Antoinette Roberson. And we wrote the hook and um, together. And I did the track. And we sent it off. And right away, Janet was like, yes, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> so we flew out to the House of Blues studio in, um, I want to say, Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. And while she was touring. And we went into the studio. And I produced her vocals and recorded her and the rest is history grammy nomination uh platinum record number one uh it was a great experience you know it was a very great experience that's amazing man i gotta ask about another project you were part of and that's tamar's debut album and the reason i like to talk about this album is because you know i know you had a few songs on there and a lot of people didn't realize what a talent tamar was at that time you know the album kind of went and didn't get the recognition it deserved. And only later on did she blow up, you know, from reality TV and that type of thing that people started taking her seriously as a talent. But mm -hmm. I always look back at the album. That was a strong album. What do you remember about producing on there? Um, Tamar probably is the, in all honesty, she's probably the one of the few artists that bumped heads with me in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, but it was a crazy experience. It was roller. It was definitely a roller coaster. But she's talented, and um, I think what she hated about me is that I push vocalists. I don't, I don't slack on vocalists. I'm very, mm -hmm. I'm very aggressive in how I get things out of them. They hate me in the studio and love me <laughs> afterwards. And if you if you remember listening to the album, there's a song called "Money Can't Buy Me Love." Um, yes. I pushed her so hard to the point where she hit the Mariah Carey notes in the song, you know. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's that's what I do. Um, same thing with Silk. You know, I push those guys to the limit where they we literally would probably almost want to fight me when we're in the studio. <laughs> but once once we get through, once we play the replay, once we rewind it and play it up, and cue yeah. it up and press play and be like, man, this is sick. This is incredible. <laughs> so, oh, man. You know, I mean, I mean that, that was pretty much my experience with working with her. Amazing. Uh, speaking of Silk, I'm reading the comments from our boy, Plaid 12 Law. He said, you really knew how to, to fully utilize Silk's five-part harmony. I've got to agree with that. And you've done some amazing work with Silk. You know, talk about working with them. Oh, man. I mean, just the... Um, Having having the advantage of being able to have like five voices that and which all like have different tones and textures and unique sounds like Timzo really was one of the few singers that had a bass, you know, what I mean, in, in, a, in a group, you know, because uh, uh, I think Voice to Men probably was one and I can't even think of any other. Even classic groups like 112, they don't have a natural bass singer. Right. You know, so that in itself was a, 
was very fun because what I would do with Timzo's voice is I would use him as a baseline. I would literally take his voice, um, have him follow my baseline notes that I played in the songs, and then I would sample it and play it. So if you go back and really, really listen to the songs, you'd be like, yeah, I can hear it. It sounds like a bass singer playing mm -hmm. along with the bass notes. So I did a lot of unique things with them, um, with their voices, things that I was just experimenting at the time. You know, I didn't have any one set rule and one way of doing things. I was just having fun and letting letting the room kind of guide me in the direction yeah. of where to go. That's dope. Love your work with them. Yeah, uh, we're not, they're, they're probably one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to have time to touch on every song you've worked on, but you know, I just keep looking at those plaques behind you. Is there any songs that stand out to you, some of your favorites that you've worked on that you know, you're most proud of? Oh, well, of course, you know, um, Bustin' Janet record. Um, you know, and then there's so many people that I've worked with um, that people just don't know. Like, you know, like I work with, uh, with uh, obviously, a lot of people really, really are just starting to know that I work with KC and JoJo, but um, they didn't know that I work with 112. Yeah. Um, um, working with even a lot of female groups like in Vogue, uh, working with, um, you know, Tamar Braxton, as you mentioned, um, yep. working with um, uh, this, there's so many artists that, that I, I can go on. I work with Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, I've worked with uh, the likes of people like Aretha Franklin and, you know, and just being in the studio with so many greats. I was just so blessed to be able to be a mm. part of so many different voices and so many different careers. Uh, even Bobby Valentino, uh, another one of my favorite singers. Um, see Bobby Val Valentino, uh, Next. A lot of yep. people don't know that I worked with those guys. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I've had successful records with all of these people. Like we've had all gold and platinum records. So, right. you know, I'm, I'm very thankful. We got a shout out Link as well. I know you've done some good work with him. We just interviewed him recently. Yes. You know, really talented dude. Um, yeah, Link is dope. Link is dope. Yeah. Um, um, I signed Link to to my record label. Um, we were we were once in a group together. Oh wow! And, um, and um, it was me, Link, and two other guys. So I know I know Link is real tall. So there was two <laughs> tall guys and two guys. Like my like me and the other guy were about the same height, yeah. so we didn't look awkward. It looked like <laughs> it belonged, and yes. we were real dope. You know, um, the name of our group was Protege. Um, I put the group together. Um, actually, Link was the last member to join the group, where we mm. kind of like said, "Hey, come on, why don't you come join us, our group?" Because he really wanted to be a solo artist. And you know, the group we had we had a deal with Eddie F. Uh, you know, we signed. Well, we really signed with um, a, a good friend of ours. Uh, his name is Dave DeBerry, who flew us to New York. He, he got us into New York and gave us the opportunity to to really home grow our talent and make it what it became. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm forever thankful for him because the keyboard that I actually made all of my hit records with is the same keyboard that he purchased for me. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, um, I was saying that uh, Link, 
that whole process, you know, of us going to to uh to New York and coming back. Once he finally, the group had dismantled and everybody broke up. I went back to New York and got real heavy into production. And at that time, I was working with with Track Masters, where I busted out tracks with them for LL Cool J. Mm. Um, I did Street Dreams for Nas with them. Wow. Uh, I did uh, um, If I Rule the World for Nas and Lauren Hill with them. And from there, I was like, you know, um, I had a, a good foundation, a lot of relationships at record labels and stuff. So I, I flew him in, I signed him, and we recorded the demo that we recorded was My Body and a couple of other songs. And that's what I used to shop link to the record labels. I got a, a imprint deal at Relativity Records and the rest was history. You know, we just kept writing songs. It was unfortunate that his album didn't blow up the way it should have because he was really, he had a yeah. solid album, but needless to say, it was still a underground classic. And I think people still love the album because it's true to R&B. Right. Yeah, that's definitely an awesome album. We just talked to him the other day. Really good dude. Um, I saw in the comments, uh, Sub-Zero mentioned the work he did with Shades, the song Serenade. Yes. Remember that one? Yes, I do. Tell, tell us about that one. Um, I, I, that was a song that I wrote with uh, with Billy Lawrence. And uh, again, Shades was just another part of that good that that experience. Um, I worked with uh, the person that was giving me that work was uh, G Wiz from Heavy D and the Boys. Um, he was someone who always believed in my career, always believed in my talent. And I, I love him for that because him and Billy Lawrence were like the people who were like pushing me into this business, you know, hard. You know, they introduced me to the Sylvia Rones and, and Track Masters and everybody that kind of, you know, gave me an introduction into working in a professional studio daily. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. I got to mention the Bobby Valentino song you did over and over. I actually really liked that one. I believe it was on his second album, uh -huh. one of the last tracks. That's a dope song that's overlooked. Really smooth. Yeah. Um, Bobby's just dope, man. He's, he's beyond dope. And I, and I, I tell you, people really just don't know how dope that kid is, man. Um, we're, we're in talks right now about getting into the studio and doing the same thing that I'm doing with John John. So nice. um, it, it, it could very much possibly be a great situation brewing in the near future with that as well. That's awesome. And I was just talking to John John about your work on Silk's last album, Quiet Storm. That's another project that unfortunately went overlooked, but you know, a really good project. You remember, mm -hmm. you remember working on that one? Oh man, we did, we did the songs that I did with them. We did them right in my living room. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did it right in my living room um, in Texas when I was living in Texas. Uh, it was it was awesome, man. Um, we did it just like we would have done any other project, man. We just got around the mic. Uh, I put the guys around the mic, man. Talked them their vocal parts, man. We recorded it, and boom. You know, just release it, man. Um, there's a couple of songs on it that I really, really love. I love Quiet Storm. Yeah. Um, um, I love uh, Baby Suit. There's a couple of songs I've done with them, man. They were really, really great. But, you know, we can still release them. We still have control over that. Yeah. You know? So it's just it's about us wanting to push it and allow the people to hear it still. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we're just about out of time with the interview. Can you tell us about some of the other stuff you've been working on recently? Um, any other artists you've been connecting with recently or, or got worked on with recently? 
Well, I'm very focused right now. Honestly, um, the, my main focus right now is the Panama Gold Movement and everything that comes with it. So John John is the first person that I'm swinging out, the, I'm batting hard out the park with first. Mm -hmm. um, John John, I got a, um, a, an artist named King Troy, uh, Halo. Uh, there's a couple of new, new, new people like Sasha Gomez and a couple of other people um, that I'm working with. Um, and I also will be teaming up with my longtime uh, co-production partner, Kenny Flav, and, and possibly my boy, uh, Kenny Whitehead, to, to, to also wow. do some more work in, with those projects as well. So it's really, uh, we're doing a lot of stuff with film scoring, uh, uh, stuff for advertisement and stuff like that. So we're trying to kind of like do something that's very different from what people are used to hearing from us. And it's not just R&B, it's gonna be R&B, hip hop, EDM, house, you know, everything, you know, from right. scores for movies and, you know, it's, it's a lot of different directions and, but it's, it's all really hot stuff. Right. Dope, man. At the end of the well, day, it's, mm -hmm. it's about John John right now. We're trying to, we're trying <laughs> to win. It's about Panama gold and John John. That's what we're right. going with right now. Yes. Sir. We're ready for that. You know, that long awaited John John solo project. I mean, just can't yes. wait to hear that EP. So, so just so everybody know, Kyle, uh, the single is called "Do You Believe in Love." Um, it, we, we're we're literally finalizing all of our paperwork right now, and it's just as, it's as soon as the, the the all of our paperwork is done, I promise you guys, we will start pushing pushing the product out there for you guys to to hear it. Because once that's done, everything else is going to flow, and it's just right. it's just that simple. You know, we're we're definitely happy and eager to make this happen. We're going to go hard. So, so be stay tuned for what we are trying to do right here. We're really trying to bring back love making music. Um, you know, the first song is more sexual, but we're not. We're gonna give every aspect of love. You know, from the sex to the breakups to the makeups, everything. We're trying to make it solid. But this will be a good project for people to play with when they when they're on the date if they're trying to get intimate. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing, man. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this interview, man. We have so much respect for your, you know, your history and legacy. You definitely got our support. Whatever you got coming with the label, man, just hit us up. Let us know how we can support. Thank you, know, you so we'll, much. We'll, we'll definitely do this again sometime. Thank you so much, Kyle. Um, again, man, you're doing God's work. You're keeping R&B music alive. You're letting people know that we're still out here and we're not dead. We're still alive. Still up. Still <laughs> so appreciate um, that, man. We we have uh we have a lot of great things. Um, I want to say um a couple of things if I if sure. you, if you don't Absolutely. mind. Um, I want to tell everybody to tune in tomorrow for, to Slow Wine at Nine with me and John John, where we spend some of the greatest R and B records from the '90s to the early 2000s. Um, also, um, I want you guys to come through on Sunday, which is Mother's Day, for a very mm. special electric praise um, um, spin, where I just basically spin a whole bunch of praise and worship music. You guys come through, man, and uh, just enjoy that time with me, man, and we're going to uplift each other in this time where COVID is really just, like, messing everybody yeah. up. Yeah, that's dope, man. Love it, you know. And uh, keep it going, man. Love to see, you know, producers and artists doing unique things and, and keeping themselves out there and, and getting people excited about stuff in this in this crazy time. So much respect to you for doing that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, if y'all want to hit us up, man, go to uh, John at John John LR 
on IG. Go to at Daryl Delight TV on IG and at Daryl Delight on Twitter. Just hit us up, man. Keep up with us, man. We're trying to make this thing happen. I love you guys. Thanks a lot, Kyle. I really appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Delight. Take care, we'll talk bro. soon. Peace. Peace.